I'm not eating that. Welcome back to another episode of Your Food Looks Funny. I am Marcus T., your host. If you haven't been here before, we talk about funny-looking foods, also some picky eating habits that may occur with other people. I used to be a very picky eater, not as much anymore, but, you know, on the road to becoming a chef, there are still some things that I look at and say, I'm not eating that. So on that note, check us out on social media, YFLF Podcast on Instagram. Also, check out our group, Your Food Looks Funny, on Facebook. We have some funny conversations and some pictures on there that might entertain you, make your day a little bit better. But today we're talking about what what's in your food? What do you believe is in your food? That 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 puzzled me uh, when I saw an I saw a video the other day and it was of Chef Gordon Ramsay and his show Kitchen Nightmare. So he goes into these restaurants and tries to rescue these restaurants from themselves, basically. So this particular restaurant that he was in, they basically claimed to their patrons that they were making all of their food fresh or at least most of their food fresh and when Ramsey saw the way that they were producing some of these food items, it was clear that they weren't making them fresh. And the fact that they had they had like 50 pounds of pasta that was cooked off at one point and nobody needs that much pasta, especially they were only doing maybe 40, 50 orders per night. So this was overkill to say the least. So Chef Ramsey took it upon himself to go out into the dining room and ask the customers to guess what percentage of their food they thought was freshly made. And most of them said between 90 and 100 percent. Mm, turns out it's more like five to 10. So it made me go look up a little bit more. What is in our food? Not just the fact of is a restaurant that we believe that is freshly cooking our food. Are they actually doing it? And what is in the food that they are cooking or even fast food restaurants for that matter? So I came across this article and uh, it was almost an us versus them. So similar to what I did before, talking about the difference between America and Jamaica and some of their customs when it comes to food. This one compared the United States to United Kingdom or Great Britain or Britain, however you want to say it there. England, you know, you know the country. But a lot of the similar foods that we have over here are sold at their place as well. So the first thing that came up on the list was McDonald's french fries. This is a thing that almost everybody eats or has eaten in their lifetime. I'm not a big, big McDonald's eater anymore, but back in the day as a kid, I mean, this was life as a meal. So McDonald's french fries are a little addicting, a little too addicting, you would say. Not that they have nicotine or anything in them, but the difference between McDonald's fries in America and McDonald's fries in the United Kingdom is there's an anti-foaming agent in the fryer oil that they use in the Americas that's an ingredient in Silly Putty. And there's also some natural beef flavor that's added to it. Not that you they taste like a burger or anything, but it's a subtle thing there. And why why would that be in there? That's not in the UK version of it. And they also use sunflower and grapeseed oil to fry their fries in the United Kingdom, where we use a mix of canola, corn, soybean, hydrogenated, and natural beef flavor to fry ours. What, what, what are we, what are we doing here in America? What are we doing? What is this? Why do we need all of this in here? So moving on to the next thing, Quaker oats. The ingredients list looks like a page of a book in America. For Quaker Oats, Instant Oatmeal, Strawberries, and Cream. They don't even sell the same version 
in the in the UK, but they compared it to a summer berries Quaker oats in the UK, which only has about six ingredients in it. Six. There's there's a full page here of ingredients for the one in America's. And not only is there a full page ingredient, remember I said this was strawberries and cream. There are no actual strawberries in this version of oatmeal. It's dehydrated apples and artificial strawberry flavor. How do you, how do you get the strawberries and cream from this combination? That makes no sense to me. No sense. And then the next few things I don't even feel like telling you about. Mountain Dew was one of them with its, they, neither one of them are good. Uh, Heinz ketchup. Uh, the American version has tomato concentrate and the UK version has tomatoes. The American version has high fructose corn syrup and corn syrup. I'm like, you need both? You need both. None of that is involved in the UK version. And then Doritos are just terrible. So moving on from this list, just the things in general that we expect to be in our food. Maybe you expect the chef in the back of a sit down restaurant to be cooking, you know, from scratch. Everything was peeled and cut and blended there. And, and that's usually not how a restaurant works, especially nowadays. You know, 30 years ago, people in the back of a restaurant, you had one particular person for every single task. So everything was delegated out. You know, somebody was making the soup from scratch. Somebody was making, uh, you know, the mashed potatoes from scratch and the cakes and, you know, all this stuff. 30 years ago, that was a process. But that's not the case anymore. Due to downsizing and streamlining all of these um, tasks out now, you may not have 30 people in the kitchen. You may have 10. But the shortcuts that can be taken in a restaurant will help alleviate the time that it took and the labor cost that it took. So it's saving money for the business itself, but it's sacrificing on the quality of the food that you're now eating, especially in America, because there are so little regulations to govern what goes into and what uh, the American food industry can do to its products that you just, you don't know what you're eating anymore. You don't know anymore. You just make the assumption. And even when I go out, being a chef, even when I go out, I don't think, oh, okay, well, that soup probably came out of a bag and they may have added something to it. Or that sauce came out of, you know, a jug and they may have doctored it up a little bit. America is is king when it comes to doctoring up stuff now. And that has almost become my favorite method of cooking now. People ask me, what's my favorite dish to make? And I don't really have one especially from scratch. It's too much work nowadays. And I'm all about efficiency. I'm all about efficiency to a point of where I can figure out what was in what I just made without having to say I had to go source every particular ingredient down to the molecule. I had to go get the corn that was grown uh, from scratch. I mean, it, it, I, I'm, I'm down to yeah. that was a lot. I got overwhelmed there. Let me slow down for a second. I don't do everything from scratch. There are a few things that I still do, but I'm not trying to impress anybody. And there are a lot of frozen shortcuts and canned shortcuts that can save you a lot of time that won't kill you faster. Basically, they won't kill you faster, but you have to be vigilant about reading the labels on what you're cooking and knowing where you're going to eat and what they're going to serve you. Ask questions. Ask your server questions. And if they can't answer them, chances are. They don't know. The kitchen probably doesn't know. The owner's probably making bank off of this. And I don't want to villainize restaurants or, you know, eating places in the United States because there are some that are doing the farm to table that are sourcing ingredients locally. 
that are doing, uh, you know, vegan options, plant-based menus with actual plants that they got themselves. But the thing is, it's a lot more work and the margin of error is very slim if you can't execute on these menus. So you want to be able to execute on these menus with efficiency like the restaurants of today. Food is only getting faster. Even the more complicated food is faster. Vegan is becoming a thing. Plant-based is a major thing now. And they need their own version of fast, reliable meals that aren't McDonald's. But soon we will see a McDonald's version of these plant-based restaurants. And therefore, you're going to want to know what they're putting in their food too. Because people are only going to demand faster and faster meals unless the world tends to slow down like we're in another pandemic. If we slow down a little bit more, people get more patience. But patience going back into our busy world whirlwind of a world could ultimately speed up our need, our demand for these foods. And knowing what's in them can be a huge plus every time you go out to eat. So ask questions. Okay. Uh, I came across a list of crops in the United States. I know that sounds a little bit boring, but. You know, most of the crops that we produce in the United States are used in some form of food, some where or they affect us. So, yeah, this may be a little bit more healthy and scientific episode, but knowing these things could help you out. So corn is the number one crop grown in the United States. Eighty eight percent of that corn is genetically modified. Soy is 93 percent modified. Um, What else we got here? Another thing that I'm not sure a lot of people knew, sugar, when you think of sugar, you normally think of sugar cane, but 54% of the sugar sold in America comes from sugar beets. The thing that a lot of people act like they hate, sugar beets, okay? It may not be the red beet that you're expecting to eat, but it's still a beet, so you probably like beets and you just don't know it. That's another thing that I've noticed on a lot of ingredient labels in the Americas is sugar in some form has been added to whatever food it is. Even a food that you don't expect that would be sweet, it's sweet. It's been sweet your whole life since you've been eating it and you never knew until you ate a bland or non-sugared version of it. And turns out you were eating it the whole time. And that's why it was. Because we expect our food to be overly seasoned, especially in the black community. Overly seasoned, overly sugared, overly sweet. And then when you eat somebody's whose isn't, it's automatically bland and it doesn't taste right. It's not that it doesn't taste right. It tastes right for them. Whoever grew up on eating it with less salt, with less sugar, with less seasoning, it tastes just fine to them. And now that I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit less salt, a little bit less sugar goes a long way for me. So again, this episode has been about make sure you watch what you're eating. Take into account that, you know... uh, A couple of times reading a label can extend your life, your feeling. Maybe you look really young in the face, but you feel really old in the body. I've been there. My hands raised. Just make sure you pay attention to this stuff. But I'm getting ready to produce a coffee episode, which we have a sponsor, Thrive Coffee. And I will have that episode out. Should be next week. If it's not, you know, somebody somebody holler at me because I got the coffee and I should have that out. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, check out the social medias. I appreciate it. All right.